Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seacoast Worship Podcast, where we talk about the what we do, the how we do, and the why we do here at Seacoast. I'm your host. My name is Nate Davis, and in the studio with me today is the man, Brandon Lake. How are you, man? I'm so good. I'm so good. Happy to be on here. Awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about here at Seacoast, how we get into uh, campus worship leaders and some staffing structures, systems, and processes when it relates to that. So let's jump into it. Awesome. All right, so um, like I said, in studio with me today is Brandon Lake. So Brandon, first tell me a little bit about yourself, married kids, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I am 27. Actually, I had to think about that the other day. Somebody asked me, and I was like, I'm 28, 27, 27. Um, so 27, uh, I've been a worship leader uh, since I was about 15, started singing, and just really fell in love with it. Felt like that's when some people uh, really affirmed that this was my calling um, and just kind of went all in. Um, I'm a PK. Uh, Dad's a, a pastor and, um, you know, playing a church when I was young, and so I've just been a part of uh, church and ministry for a very long time. I got married at 20 pretty early. Come on. Um, and uh, it's been amazing. I'm still married, by the That's way. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her name's Brittany. It worked out really well. It, it's working out really well. Um, and uh, so then we um, had two kids and have two kids there. Blaze is, a, is three and Bo is one. Um, and they both have blonde, curly hair so adorable and they are yeah they're studs love them sure. to death um but we just hit the three-year-old stage which is crazy it's a blessing it is a blessing so um two kids married um obviously here i'm on staff here at seacoast church yeah. and um and uh, actually grew up here in the ministry um after we moved from myrtle beach to charleston my dad uh, was a kind of leadership development guy here. And so I grew up in the church here and uh, got more involved with worship. And then um, they brought me on staff as a worship leader. That's awesome. So I met Brandon when, so I was on staff when his family moved here. Uh, what year was that? Do you remember? I think 2000, oh, all I remember is I was 15. Yeah. I don't remember what year that would have been. But I, I'm a worship leader. I'm not. I didn't get into math. <laughs> Mathematicians. Um, I met Brandon. I was probably 22, maybe. No, I was older than that because I got married <laughs> older than that. I was. I think we had our first or second baby, so I would have been like 25, maybe. Yeah. Um, Brandon was 14 or 15, and I took yeah. him to a local restaurant here called Jack's Cosmic Dogs. Best hot dogs you can find. Yeah. At it just to hang out, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah. And he, it was awesome. Good deal. So known Brandon a long time. So like you said, you're on staff here at the church. Uh, tell us what your role is. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, uh, I hold the title of central worship pastor. Um, so what that means is I oversee our worship leaders at all of our campuses. So we are, if you don't know much about us, we are a church of 14 campuses currently. Um, that includes online as a campus as well. So we've got 13 locations. And so that's 13 plus, uh, you know, worship leaders. Um, but uh, I kind of am overseeing those, um, not really directly, but 
through the avenue of worship help to provide vision and um, you know, encouragement, shepherding, as well as feedback and uh, quality control, all that kind of stuff at our campuses. So um, I do that. My, my role is a little bit unique in that I would say my priority is uh, helping oversee those worship leaders. And then I also lead here at our broadcast location in Mount Pleasant, um, probably t- twice a month. And then I also help to um, serve Seacoast Music's division um, in original recordings and, and writing songs and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. Which, just for future uh, podcasts, stay with us because Brandon's a ridiculous songwriter oh. for himself, but actually is um, God's like just got a gift for him to teach songwriting as well. So in Thank some you. podcasts to come, we will be talking about uh, songwriting as well. Too sweet. So um, with... Explain a little bit how Seacoast, how we handle, so we kind of have a central, so some churches are very centralized, and so their campuses, central makes all decisions, campuses do everything. Yeah. Tell them a little bit how we do it here at Seacoast, yeah. the relationship there. Well, yeah, one thing I love about Seacoast is that we're all about finding the balance, um, and, you know, we're always evolving and we're always changing things up. So I want to say before I even explain how currently we've got our teams set up, I won't say that we have it, you know, perfect. It's, you know, at your church, you may find that um, it works a different way. Uh, You know, it's great for you to work it differently. But for us, um, we have a worship leader at every campus, you know, some are full-time, some are part-time. But there is a pastor within worship or a leader, but you know, um, there there is a leader appointed for each campus to oversee those worship teams, and so um, and then we have a central team uh, like myself, and then there's a few others that serve on our central team to help support those campuses. Um, everything from, I mean, leadership in general to um, you know casting vision and making sure that things aren't leaking, um, that vision's not leaking, you know also resourcing like helping provide um training for you know one thing we use here is ableton and that's how we build our worship sets um so we kind of help with training on ableton for worship leaders or volunteers on their teams um we help to provide um chord charts and all the kind of stuff that goes into uh the platform we use which is planning center it's how we schedule our songs and, and and uh volunteers as well for those worship teams but, um, you know, we've got worship leaders at every campus, and they also directly report to their campus pastor. Mm-hmm. So our central team, um, you know, I'm not anyone necessarily any of those worship leaders' boss, but I can kind of help uh, to direct them in worship to, to make sure that all of our campuses are, you know, moving in the right direction, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes uh, total sense. I think a good way— uh, that has been described here is really like a brand manager, a brand keeper. Um, what gets, uh, in a sense, developed here centrally at the broadcast campus, you're disseminating that information out to the campus worship leaders. But more than that, um, you're really helping them uh, keep to that brand, keep to that Seacoast worship experience. And while it's so important, important for them to report locally to their campus pastor, you're still very much involved with them, uh, worship leader development and team development. Yeah. You know, 
the, we talk a lot about Seacoast DNA, and we want to make sure that there's a there's that Seacoast DNA, uh, there's that Seacoast culture at every location. But um, we also understand that every campus has a different flavor, has a different feel. Yeah. And I mean, it also that's that's obviously made up by the people in their church, the people in um, in their communities. And with every community comes different issues. Obviously, we all deal with the same stuff. But like, you know, one campus could really have experienced a lot of loss in one in one season, and then another campus could experience a crazy season of growth. And so, it doesn't make sense for me to like, you know, be responsible to have, you know, them report all to me. Totally. I don't know them as well as their campus pastor does. Yeah. They're the ones doing life with them. They're That's having good. one-on-ones with them and and they're discussing those things like how can we move our campus forward. Yeah. Have so for us um the some of the central like having the central team uh who is in a sense resourcing helping is pretty it's for us it's a new model. Yeah. Um because Seacoast, before when we did campuses, uh, they were very, it was like full autonomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Every campus was like, hey, you be entrepreneurs. Yes. Do it how you think you, it should be done. Yes. And that's great in some senses, um, you know, and, and, and obviously we learn where we've maybe have taken that a little bit too far as well. Yeah, so it's been... Um, it's been, I guess, in the past two years that we have tried to, to centralize a little more. So it's, I think what we're doing is, I like the way that, that you guys are setting it up. It's really unique in the sense that it's giving freedom of, of um, expression, in a sense, yeah. to, to their local community, to their dynamic, who they are. Um, but at the same time, not giving so much autonomy to like what you were saying, the, that you could go to... You could be here at our Mount Pleasant location and go up to our Greenville location, yeah. and it's like a totally different church. Yeah, but not. Right, but right. we've in the past couple of years we've had yeah. some strides to do that. Talk about some of that process though, from right. going from full autonomy to not not like yeah. you do what we say. Yeah, but it's been a hard process. Right, right, and um, you know, it's one that I think when you're making big changes, I think it's it's important to be careful. And uh, we want everybody, you know, go along with, on the on the ride and the journey with us. But, um, you know, we've taken some hard turns and um, but it's been good. Some of those practically what those they've looked like is um, every campus was doing whatever songs they wanted to do. Mm. And, you know, every one of us is is different, even um, uh you know, we obviously most of us love the hill songs, and they love we love you know Bethel, and we love all those. But you know, we also have individual styles and preferences, and we I kind of I think we've learned that um, we were allowing some of those preferences to lead a little bit too much, and um, in every campus, you know, when everyone's doing things the way that they prefer, it's really hard to come around a centralized vision and sound and. Um, and so that's what we've tried to kind of hone in on is who are we? Mm. What do we sound like? What are our values in worship? Um, how, how do we, how do we take people, um, as quickly as we can to connect, you know, their hand to the, to the heart of God. And we just believe in our context and in our communities, there are some ways we can strategically do that. Um, and, and we just, you know, we've identified what are the ways we want to do that. And so, you know, we've we've uh, started to come around 
man, there were thousands of songs that we were doing everywhere. Yeah. Thousands. And so Tara, uh, who is our worship pastor over, um, kind of everything she's mama T she yeah. is, she oversees all of worship really is the one who, um, sets the vision of worship and in a way I'm kind of the guy that carries it out. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, but she has done an amazing job taking the list of thousands of songs and kind of narrowing it down to the ones, um, that we really want to move forward with and then uh, create a system where our worship leaders collaborate and pitch new songs for the news for the next season. That's good. And so we kind of choose those songs together now instead of everyone just doing whatever they want to do. Um, and it's been cool cause we've seen some major growth in that area of consistency. Um, I think it's important when, uh, someone's starting to come to your church, um, and, uh, you know, they start to come back and, and they're not, you know, sold yet. I think one thing that you can give them is consistency. Um, that that's really valuable. And so you can give them consistency in, um, in the songs that we give them. The other thing that we've really narrowed in on is also service flow. We want people to, not that it should be the same every time, but we want, we want to give, um, a people, uh, people an experience that they can kind of trust. Yeah. They know what's going to happen. Um, they're not blindsided by anything. Um, it, you know, I don't believe everything should be super comfortable, but I think you should be able to, like, especially a first-time guest, come in and, and feel at home. Mm-hmm. And so we want to create some consistency. And so across campuses, you know, we do similar flows on the weekend. And, like, how many songs do we do up front? How many songs do we do in the back? Um, we give them a, me- a positive message that's re- relevant and um, that they can take home, you know, use Monday through Saturday. And, um, and we, you know, have some kind of announcements. How do you get plugged in? Um, next steps, I would say. How do you get plugged into the church outside of the weekend yeah. as well? That's good, too, for our people that might travel, too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So tell me, so you, you hit it a little bit. So just for folks that might be in a similar situation. So we call that song deal, we call it The List. Yeah. So a couple like details on it. How many songs roughly do we keep on the list? Um, recently, um, uh, I think there was maybe 60. Mm-hmm. I think it went from thousands to like maybe 100. And yeah. then uh, lately we've even kind of chopped it down to more of like um, there's a greater list that we keep for um, throwbacks or um, – you know, let's say we go into a weekend, we're introduce, introducing a new song. Maybe the song beside it, we want to play a really familiar song. Mm-hmm. So we keep a we keep a good amount of songs in our repertoire. Yeah. But we've, in this season, narrowed down to focus on, like, what are the new songs we want to do in the next two or three months? Yeah. And um, all agree on those together and, and do those. So how often, then, do we... Um choose new so like we make one list when do when do we update it yeah um up until uh recently it's been twice a year um and i think we're actually moving into probably doing it quarterly yeah um just because you know if you're a worship leader you know um so many songs there's so many songs and you don't want to miss a song like what a beautiful name right you know or reckless love right so if we were to like put ourselves in in too much of a box we'd be like oh yeah we didn't know reckless love was coming out sorry can't (laughs) do it we'll get it in eight months from even when the whole world's doing it right now you know (laughs) right so i would say you know we're moving to quarterly and um 
and and so far i think that's that's been a good a good balance and that was that it was one of those things where there was a lot of autonomy um pick whatever songs you want you know play them for however long you want that right. was one of those things that um you know it, some of those things there's a parenting philosophy that is called the funnel and you know a funnel if you look at the diagram of a funnel it's really small on the bottom and it widens as it goes to the top to take in a lot of something right. to a little something and they say in this parenting philosophy that if your kids get out of the funnel too soon it's hard to bring them yeah. back in the funnel and yeah. you know i definitely think that rang true with a lot of this stuff we yeah. had a lot of it was kind of bringing everybody back into this funnel of saying no this is as a church you yeah. know this is this is a brand we're keeping and that came straight from pastor josh like yeah. this was an initiative um that he wanted to do um so that the list was one of those things that it took some time but like yeah. you said now it's like uh gosh i feel like there has been so much growth yeah um with our campuses and um our, even our broadcast campus included yeah i want to say too you know like don't just pick songs because they're great you know like i would say it's important to de- to develop some values around why you're picking those songs and um you know, for us, we have a similar flow. We do weekend to weekend. So we know we want to pick songs and play songs. Let's say, you know, the first song, we want to be like high praise. You know, we want it, We want people to, you know, essentially like the song, like we want to come into his gates with thanksgiving and mm-hmm. praise. And, and so like a lot of times we pick great songs that are going <laughs> to wake people up and uh, get them to participate early on in our experience. And then um, we also have a time at Seacoast where we respond to God's word. After the message has been delivered, we give them an opportunity to respond. God, what are you saying? And and what can I do about that? How can I respond? And so usually um, every weekend we have a, a kind of a song that is very reflective. Um, it's a little just more chill in style. Um, it's it really, it's a song that's like lyrically and melodically sounds like responding to God. And so we give people a chance to go to the cross, pin something to the cross, to light a candle and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate something in uh, in their life or uh, take communion. And so as they're doing that, we try to, you know, uh, find songs that fit that moment and that experience every weekend. Yeah, it's good. So talk to me about how, okay, so you we've got 14 locations. Yeah. Um, with you wanting to keep close to these worship guys and gals, how do you, what are some things that you do on the week to week to connect with them, to stay involved in their life when they live one, two, three, four hours away? Yeah. 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 It's definitely not easy. Um, but every Monday we have a worship leader phone call. Um, everyone gets on a call together. Um, that's a call that I lead. And, uh, basically I just start off with uh, celebration. What can we celebrate? Um, we call it our gold stars. What we give each other, like literally give each other like gold stars and uh, like, like teachers, like <laughs> teachers. Yeah, pretty much. I've thought about changing it to fist bumps or, or something. Um, but we actually, you know, actually we have something really cool here and that we have a program called bonusly and we can actually give each other points that end up turning into like, you can redeem it for a gift card. Yeah. I've done it and got a, like a hundred dollar REI gift card. Dude, it's balling. Yeah. It's amazing. Just little bonuses here and there for doing a good job. Yeah. And so we actually can give those to each other. So we kind of pass around fun, you know, bonusly points for, for, uh, just, you know, things like, um, you know, living out a, 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 you know, 
something that's just a cultural win. You know, we send people points for, you know, being good uh, leader developers or, um, you know, maybe there was a huge win for them this weekend with, you know, awesome growth or whatever. Uh, we like to celebrate those things. So um, start out with some celebration. And then basically um, this is a meeting for me to inform them with anything that's coming up. I mean, we talk about everything from, uh, worship lyric backgrounds, um, uh, worship songs that are landing, songs that we need to take off the list, um, songs that we feel like that aren't landing. We talk about um, uh, leadership development. Who are you leading? Uh, who are you raising up? Um, who are giving you oppor- Who are you giving opportunity to? Um, and uh, one thing I like to do every once in a while is kind of we have a handbook that explains our values and explains all about Seacoast worship and who we are. And I've been in ministry long enough to know that vision leaks very frequently. And so it's an opportunity for me just to recast vision, to remind our teams like who we are, what we value, um, what we're okay with, what we're not okay with, and, and all of that. So we kind of do a handbook highlight sometimes. And y'all, we talk about everything from like, you know, leadership development to like, hey, are you watching like what your teams are wearing on the weekend, you know, are they presenting themselves well? As That's great. So just everything. And then we do prayer requests and, and all that. So there's the Monday call. And then um, I do one-on-ones with our worship leaders. So sometimes it looks like lunch. Sometimes it's a phone call, just check in on them. And um, I learned from uh, Michael Murphy. He's a leadership development guy. Just some awesome questions to make sure I'm always asking them. It's, uh, uh, how's your relationship with God? Um, what do you, uh, or how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, how's your family doing? Just a real personal questions like what's going on in your world? Um, what are you working on? Uh, who are you working on? Who are you raising up? And then the last one, my favorite is how can I help you? Yeah. It's really just my opportunity to ask him, what can I do for you? That's the best. Yeah. Okay. So we'll la- end it on this question. So there is a church. Um, and they're getting ready to branch into their first campus. Yeah. They're, they're getting ready to enter into the multi-site world. Um, and, or maybe they've done it, and they're getting ready to, to do another one. Yeah. What would be, in a sense, I guess some advice yeah. um, to, to catch early as they're stepping into um, you know, multiple worship leaders, multiple worship teams, campuses? What would just be some advice to that, worship leader who is now all of a sudden responsible for more Hmm. as what would you say to them? Hey, you're getting ready to go down this road. Let me just tell you a few things of a church that has 14, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, is this person overseeing other worship leaders essentially? I would think so. You know, okay. So let's just say it's a church plant. They're X amount of years in and they were the worship person. Yeah. They were just making it happen, doing everything they could. And now all of a sudden their pastor's going, we're going multi-site. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, pastor, I've, yeah. I've got enough on my hands with this campus. Now you want yeah. me to do another one or two more or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to them? Man, that's so good. I've gotten that news before of like, <laughs> you know, hey, we're doing this, we're doing that. And you're like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I thought I had a lot on my plate. This is a whole nother world. Yeah. Man, I would say if, if you know, obviously... Uh, you're expanding your capacity to lead others, then I would say stay close. And not in like a micromanaging way, but stay close because, um, man, all change is hard. All change is loss. And even if when it's good change, um, 
it's it's really hard. Um, and I would say if you're over leaders who are almost like championing that new thing, um, I would say like you got to be in their personal life. That's like good. you've got to be in the world. You've got to be checking in on them. I've made too many mistakes of like handing something off, and then like not checking up on it. And um, and more importantly than like checking in on the thing, like checking in on on them and their heart, how they're doing. And I would say like, man, all that you're essentially, you know, you're you're making another um, location, but you need the vision to be the same. You need the culture to be the same. And so you don't just teach those things. They have to be caught. Like they have to be, you've got to be rubbing shoulders with yeah. those you're doing ministry with or else um, you can't expect them to have the same culture, you know, 20 miles away than you have here. Mm-hmm. So I think to best replicate who you are in another location, um, it's making sure really that you're doing life with one another. Like you're rubbing shoulders. And even if you can't, cause they're, let's say they're like, I'm in Charleston and we've got one guy in Asheville, like that we're having enough conversation with one another. We're asking the hard questions where all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. I would say too, I mean, if you guys aren't, you know, if your church isn't heading into multi-site or any, you don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but just to take on the headspace of just being a pastor to your people. Yeah. And um, what is it beginning as you mean to go? Yeah. Um, so even now, be the culture that you want to create. And when all of a sudden you get the news, <laughs> hey, we're going multi-site. Yeah. That for you, you just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Just keep being a pastor. Yeah. Keep being the culture you want to see. Uh, you just have more people now. I'd say too, like, be ready for anything. You know, ask yourself like, hard questions like would I be able to handle this if my pastor came to me now mm-hmm. you know I think uh, and and share that news something that came up this week in our Monday call is our one of our worship leaders um, because of some situation actually had to step in and do the the closing or no setting up of response and like explaining and teaching people this time of how we have people respond and uh, it was kind of used as an opportunity to teach our worship leaders or as a kind of a lesson moment hey are we ready to even take on something like that. Because when you're doing a church plant, yo, you got to be scrappy. Everything. You've got to be able to be ready to do anything and everything. And that's the, the last thing I was going to say is be willing to get scrappy. Yeah. So many churches, um, you have to be scrappy when you get into doing you know a new location or a campus. You've got to do whatever it takes to get people through your doors. Yeah. You know, like, unless you're a Hillsong and you have that on your building, like, People aren't just going to come, right? you know? I think too many churches have that mentality. If we build it, people will come. No, they won't. Yeah. You've got to go out there. You have to recruit. You have to get out into the community. I mean, you have to be scrappy, and, and you have to just figure out how to make it work. Yeah, we're in the middle of building a new, uh, like, double-size worship center here in a Mount Pleasant location, and our campus pastor here has basically been in the last year been saying we need to take on the mind of a church planner. Yeah. We're a thirty year old church, but yeah. we need to be church planners again. So take, I just take think, cookies to like the neighborhoods yes. and or, you know, like that kind of stuff yeah. is what grows your church. Yeah. Well dude, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Um the one thing uh just the heart of our house, because this is the heart of our founding pastor, um, is that we just want you guys to know that you're never doing ministry alone. Yeah. Because us, Seacoast, Worship, we're in your corner. Yeah. If you have any questions when it comes to multi-site, worship structure, seriously, anything that has to do with worship ministry, 
send us an email at seacoastworship at seacoast.org or worshippodcast at seacoast.org. We want to answer any questions we can for you and just to just to be here and be a resource for you no matter what yeah. to see your worship ministry soar. Brandon, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Love you, dude. I <laughs> love you too, bro. All right, we'll talk to you later. Well, podcast friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you like the song that you heard on the podcast today, it's a new single out by Seacoast Worship called Found, and you can find it on all digital and streaming platforms. Well, again, my name is Nate Davis, and on behalf of myself and Seacoast Worship, thank you so much for hanging out, and we will talk to you again soon.